1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jacked Ramsey's. It is a mailbag Monday. We're recording here on a Sunday night. Uh, flying solo dolo just because it's incredibly busy right now for uh, this uh with Sunday night football and everything else and leading into the Blazers tomorrow. Uh, we will have you covered for pregame and postgame. Uh, we will uh, go ahead and leak that stuff out tomorrow afternoon, so if you're looking for something to watch uh, pre and post, we'll have you covered. Uh, today we're going to do a little bit of mailbag, or not, not a little bit of mailbag, quite a bit of mailbag questions came in, uh, and we'll also kind of frame what we're looking for a little bit uh, loosely as we'll talk more about it in the pregame uh, run-up, uh, but what to watch for, how to watch, uh, what things are you looking for, that, that kind of thing to kind of set the table uh, for not just that singular preseason game, but all the preseason and leading up into the, what, two weeks now until... Uh, actual regular season basketball starts. Uh, First of all, if you're listening, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Jack Ramsey's feed. We're available anywhere you get podcasts. So Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Megaphone, whatever it is, whatever your pleasure is, please like, rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't already, share it with somebody else you know um the pod has grown tremendously uh we're we're actually at the two-month uh line right now uh brandon and i are thrilled blue liar is absolutely thrilled and that is all in well and Thank you to you guys. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Couldn't do this without you guys. And we've got some cool stuff coming up, uh, not only for the regular season, but some integrations that we've got planned. Um, And, again, this is all made possible by you guys. So thank you. If you're watching along on YouTube, uh, obviously we've been available on YouTube here for a while, Uh, please like, rate, review, subscribe across all platforms. We do love it on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Um, Turn on notifications if that's your thing. (laughs) <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. Uh, the 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 notifications are going to get hot and heavy here really quick uh, as the regular season comes because we'll be going live quite often, uh, both pre and post. We'll have you guys covered for that. Uh, without further ado, though, let's kind of dive into it and uh, see what we've got going. This from Adam Antium, at Adam underscore Antium. Keep in mind that postseason success is what actually matters, and ignoring any story narratives around this team this year, how many regular season wins does this team, as constructed, need to win to overachieve? How many wins would have them underachieving. <sighs> so the Vegas line is what? Like 43 and a half, 44 and a half. I tend to believe that's actually a little bit low. I, I have them penciled it. I think I, I did the number that I landed on was 47. It was 46 or 47, but I'm going to take 47. Um, I think that's ultimately where they end up. Uh, we don't know a ton about uh, how much the new personnel is going to be impactful. I think they did, but the, Larry Nance Jr. pushed him over the edge of like, yeah, they're better. I, I think in, in that regard. So, if you're looking about achievement versus underachieving, overachieving, for me, it's not a linear thing. All oh, the Blazers got better, so therefore more wins. No, that's, that's not how this works. Uh, other teams around them got better. Like it, Some teams got worse. You don't really know. All you really know is where Portland kind of stacks up and what kind of team they've been in the Damian Lillard era. You can't say the Lillard-Stotts era because it's Lillard-Billups. So you're operating under. this – assumption because oh, there's all this positive press out there that yeah it's everything's going to go great oh I, I i don't know if that's necessarily true i don't know if it's going to be great i don't know if it's going to go sideways i don't know if it's going to look basically the same typically when you have players that are in the prime of their career that's kind of they are who they are so i don't, I don't know how much of an impact we're going to see as far as that's concerned however we're talking about success rates if I'd say probably the average is probably 47 and a half. If you were to poll folks, 47 and a half, 48 and a half, right around there. Uh, I've seen some people who are absolutely insane saying 60 wins, but okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> God bless you. Um, I, I haven't seen too many below the 43 and a half Vegas line. So and that's, and that's, that's obviously the caveat of injuries. Da, 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 da. But this is a long roundabout way of saying if their number is 47 and a half, I think you go five wins each way. So forty-two and a half is anything below that's underachieving. Uh, Fifty-two and a half, anything over that's significantly overachieving. Honestly, fifty is probably the the line. I, I've talked about this a few times, but the the Warriors distorted what a fifty-win season is with sixty, seventy wins, and it's. The Blazers have won 51 or more games. I think it's 14 times in their entire franchise history. And Portland's franchise history is better than just about anybody's in the leagues as far as, like, consistent winning uh, levels. Uh, outside of, like, the preeminent teams, the Lakers, Celtics, and, and Spurs to an extent, um, the Blazers were, had been one of the most successful franchises in NBA history as far as consistent winning. They just went to the playoffs, went to the playoffs, went to the playoffs, went to the playoffs. They had a lot of these, like, high 40s or, like, low 50s. Uh, levels because those are good teams. Like the whole idea of like what the Warriors did and what the Bulls, like these dynastic teams, has skewed for people. Like, oh, 51 seasons. now nah, it's not that hard. It's not that it's hard. 50 wins is a lot of freaking wins, folks. 60 is bonkers. Like, that's you're going to the NBA title. That's just when you look at historically how that stuff matches up, it's not that often. So, long story short, I think anything. Five games, six games below, five, six games above. So I think that's probably, like, your your real lines for overachieving, underachieving, if you're considering where I think most people have this team seated right now. This from for- Forrest Shearer, at Force underscore Shearer. Danny, you said a couple weeks ago the Simmons situation has to get a lot worse before an eminent trade. Is the 76ers withholding money just what the doctor ordered to make a trade happen soon? Oh, boy. Um... The Simmons stuff has been so all over the place. Like, if you want to talk about just, like, where guys value money, Wiggins tried to get a religious exemption for the vaccine. I'm not trying to get in the vaccine, this, that, or the other, but just that he tried to get the vaccine uh, exemption, didn't get it. And as of today, he is now vaccinated and playing in Portland tomorrow. It's amazing what $15 million being withheld will do. With Ben Simmons, he's got a big chunk. Was it eight point two five million that was withheld from his um, initial uh, non-report to camp? His group, his camp, has said that they're going to try to hope to recoup it in some fashion, one way or another, whether it means reporting or through the trade or whatever. But like he's he's already got the big payment up front, but the like the, everything else that the team can withhold, they're going to withhold. We saw this play out kind of with James Harden. I I don't know what's gonna break. I I don't know, man. It's this whole situation is so stupid. It's it's like stupid fluid is probably the best way <laughs> that I could put this. this is the stuff changes on a dime. It's a what, a 25-year-old kid? Yeah. 25 year old kid and tens of millions of dollars. There's gonna be some stupidity involved. It's and it's by both sides. It's not just all in Ben. There's no doubt about that. The 76ers are, are very much responsible for that. But I don't think this is going to be like all of a sudden, poof, like a trade's going to materialize. I don't think Ben's going to report to camp, and now it's going to get sideways. Like it's going to get. Re- remember the Harden stuff just last year, guys? It was ugly. Man didn't report. He looked like he was twenty pounds out of shape. I don't know if he was stuffing pillows under his jersey. You know, at the club. You know, dro- dropping off honey buns for was it was it a little baby or a baby? I can't remember which one it was. So many babies out there. Um, but yeah, stuff got weird real quick. Now, I think that's going to be the same case here. Um, both these dudes, and, and Harden and, and Ben Simmons, are, are both a little different. Let's just go ahead and put it that way. But I don't think, while this might nudge it, I think we're still, you know, Sisyphus pushing the, 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 the rock up the hill right now. This is from Matthew. At Revan Romulus, what, what do we believe more? There we go. Nurk will get more minutes, Dame will play less minutes, or Nasir will have a breakout year. So, Nurk has been unable to get those minutes, Dame has been unwilling to give up his minutes, and Nasir Little has not been given a chance to have a breakout year. So, if you're asking me, will a guy who hasn't been able to get them, get them, a guy who's been unwilling to give them up, to give them up, or a guy who is probably being groomed for a breakout possibility, I think... Nasir having a breakout year just depends on how you want to define breakout. Like, if we're talking about does he turn into Kawhi Leonard? No. Does he turn into a viable rotation player after not really playing much over the last two years? Possible. A lot of hype coming out of camp. I mean, everything sounds good coming out of camp right now. You're not going to hear any negative stories. Well, you're not going to hear any negative stories in Portland. Um, Everything's go, 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 full-court press on the the, uh, Terry's Gone Chauncey's Great Tour. So... Um, I'm I'm gonna take this year. I just there's a couple questions in here about Nurka. We'll get to you, and I'll, I'll elaborate on it a little bit more. But this whole idea of like, oh, we got to get Dame some rest. Cool, get Dame to like willingly give up minutes. That hasn't happened yet in his career. Maybe this is the time. He said it twice, once two years ago and once last year. As far as like, oh, I, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And then he went and played the Olympics after COVID year after a short season. And then it's like. I, and I'm not begrudging him the one bit he's just he's that dude you have to pull his you know dead body off the floor um, but yeah I, I don't think he's gonna give up his minutes and Nurk hasn't shown he's been willing to take them so I'm gonna take this here option three door number three next <laughs> Josh Bullock at Jab Aspie. what do you think the preseason record will be and how much should we overreact to it uh, we're gonna get into this a little bit more preseason records mostly garbage uh you I say that with the caveat of last season. They looked awful in the postseason that it carried over. Um, You can draw some parallels in that regard, but as far as, like, records, records don't matter. You're looking at, like, if you're looking at dress rehearsal games, like the third game when everybody's probably going to play, what do they look like, how, um, not necessarily the score, but how effective do they look. Um, what kind of sets and looks are they getting into, how much are they communicating on defense, how much are they sticking to the stuff that we've heard out of camp. I think those are the things that are much more important. We'll overreact because one of the young guys or one of the new guys will come in and they will hit like four out of five threes. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to get an insane you know, breakout dunk. Uh, a defense is going to you know, fall apart at some point in time. Somebody's going to get a recovery play. Um, and people are going to go nuts. I'm willing to uh, – I was gonna say Larry Nance Jr. is probably gonna be that guy, but I think Nas is gonna get an opportunity to to go kind of funky in that regards. So, I I think that's probably where I'm steering. I gotta I gotta shape up some odds probably for the pregame show tomorrow uh, and uh, see what we come into that. But overreact all you want. I, I don't typically. I got caught up in the Hizonia stuff two years ago of like he could be a viable backup like point forward. Like, that was an overreaction, which is kind of frustrating when you think about it. It's like, he wasn't even viable. (sighs) But it is what it is. With that quick, we'll take a quick commercial break right now. I'm going to kind of build these in a little bit better for you guys. And then uh, we'll wrap uh, up the first segment and get on to the next group of questions.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and The Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews. Every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now tech? you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on the old man. And the three make this your companion podcast during the playoffs, listen to the old man and the three ad free on Wondery plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: I want to take a few minutes real quick. As I said, I address this a little bit as far as how I go about watching preseason games. And it's not an exact science. You can watch how you want. Um, these are just things that I watch. And more often than not, I don't watch the ball. I'm watching off ball. I'm watching on the defensive side. Who's tucking in? Who's help? Uh, who's talking? Who's out of position? Who's not getting back? Um, Those are the things I think I I find myself watching more like who seems to be on the same page. Who's leading, who's following, who's directing, who's anticipating, who's reacting. Same kind of things on the offensive side. Um, One of the things I hear often is that we're going to play faster. Well, how fast do they get in their sets? Uh, How Effectively, are they running their sets? How many? How effectively are they running their actions? Uh, are they setting good screens? Um, is everybody's spacing accurate? Are guys cutting hard? Those are kind of the things that I think that I look for more than anything else. Um, on top of that, I'm mostly going to focus on the new guys. Uh, let's see how Nance integrates. Let's see how Zeller integrates. How much Snell does or doesn't play? Uh, how much guard, point guardy type stuff does Anthony uh, take on? Does he split duties with Damon C.J.? Uh, how much more involved is Norm? How many touches does Nurt get? How effective does he look as far as you know being in shape? Uh, what wrinkles they're gonna show? I don't think they're gonna. Show a ton, but I think they have to show some stuff simply because they can't pocket it all. They have to give some live, uh, live action outside of training camp. So I think you'll you'll see some stuff in, in that regard. But I'm not gonna watch probably a ton of on ball. I'm not. I, I don't particularly care um, about minutes in the preseason or rotations because we've seen that stuff be totally irrelevant. Um, you might see. I know who comes off first kind of a deal, uh, but I don't think you're going to get any kind of indication of what kind of minutes guys are going to play. Um, beyond that, it's a uh, it's kind of a crapshoot, to be honest, in that regard, because I don't even think they know. I mean, they, they know some things. They know probably a lot of things. Uh, but as far as after, you know, man number six or seven, uh, eight, if you want to throw in Ant, Cody, and, and uh, Nance, I, I don't think there's anything really a given right now, uh, whether or not, Patterson plays or DSJ plays or Cook plays more or whatever. Chris plays here, not there. I think they're just going to see them get with different groups because they've got stuff that they're already looking at. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Cook and and DSJ play a ton of minutes and Dame and CJ kind of reeling it back. Uh, I think they're just going to kind of have them do uh, NFL-style veteran walkthroughs where it's like, okay, you're in shape, you're ready to go. You're two guys who take on a ton of minutes and – Uh, It's still a shorter offseason. Dame's even more so coming back from the Olympics. Um, No need to kind of push him through it. So I think um, that might be something to kind of like, oh, wow, this doesn't look right. Well, it's because you don't have your best players out there. So uh, I don't personally care about the record. I don't want them to go winless. I just want to see how effective they look, what's new, what's different, uh, how much communication there is those are the kind of things that I think I look for more than anything else. I just it's it's much more holistic and much more just a feel situation than it is diving into oh, they scored this many points and this many shots, they weren't playing this fast, they didn't play defense here. No. That's that's not the stuff that I look for. I'm looking for things that are translatable into the regular season, things that let that, that that genuinely matter. Now, if they go out there and they light the world on fire and every group looks incredible, well, maybe there's a reason to be optimistic. The flip side of that is if they go out there and look like a flaming bag of dog turds like they did last year, well, not saying that they can't recover, uh, but uh, things can be somewhat indicative in that regard. And I think that's less to do with overall... Talent or anything's more vibes, so I would imagine that things go pretty well uh, out of the shoot. So, uh, but I just wanted to give that as a little bit of a frame uh, framing as we kind of dive back into some of these questions here and uh, wrap up the the last part of the podcast and kind of at least how I'm going to use it going forward uh, into the preseason games, into the pre in the pregame and even in the postgame shows. So, because uh, I know I've had a, a few people have asked in that regard.
2: You ready?
0: Showtime.
3: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: All right, this from Joel, just Joel, Mr. Yolius. Has Nurk backed himself into a corner? It's time to stop the talk and walk the walk. With a question mark. Is it time? I think is what he's trying to go for there. We'll go with that. It either goes to plan or goes to bleepity bleep. You know what? Goes to shit. I can say it. No in between when you consider his comments. I'm like, oh, this is my podcast. I can say that. Um, He has certainly put himself in a position where if things don't go well, it's not going to look good for him. He said his piece, I want the ball more, I deserve this, I need this, I want to be happy. Um, and I get it. He's trying to do the best that he can to get himself his biggest contract probably in his life. I, I get it. But if all of a sudden he starts getting the ball more and he doesn't deliver, then you're going to see the team and the coaching staff, and they're going to revert back to things that they know, which is Dame can score. CJ can score. Uh, other guys can provide some semblance of what Nurk can, and they'll slowly reel themselves back in. So that'll be you know kind of a worst-case scenario situation. So I don't know if he's backed himself into a corner, but he certainly... Um, Closed a few flaps on the box, so to speak. Um, And it's been him. So, because he can choose whether or not to put this out there publicly. And he has put it out there publicly. Which, cool. It gives us plenty of stuff to talk about. But, yeah, he's not in a great position. That's for sure. So, um, but, yeah, he needs to go out there and he needs to handle business. Um, I don't know how much you can really fault the the injury stuff. It just kind of is what it is. But being in shape, being ready to go making the right plays, consistently finishing, uh, staying out of foul trouble. Like, the things that he can control, uh, if he's not delivering in that regard, then it becomes problematic, right? So, uh, this from Ryan Robertson, at Rob 2121 This is an interesting question, because I had to kind of think about how this was going to fit, and what team do you think this Blazers team matches up the worst with? Conversely, who do they match up the best with? And so I started to think about it, and I was going to rattle off a few teams or a few players, and I was like, well, we don't really know, right? Because we're going to talk about, well, Chauncey changed the defense, there's more committed on the defensive end, and they're going to do things different offensively. Like, Is it going to change things enough to where what types of teams have been consistently impactful against this Portland Trailblazers team are no longer that impactful? Does it change how they're picked apart? On a night-to-night basis, like what what changes in that regard? And so, historically, teams with high-level pick-and-rolls ate this team apart. Ate them apart. Dame CJ dying on screens, not getting over the top, putting Nurk in no man's land, playing two-on-one. I still think that's going to be a problem for this team. It how much of a problem? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> that's that's what the season's for. Uh, the the guys that that have been historically dangerous for this team are pick and roll guards, Trey Youngs, Chris Pauls of the world, uh, but also wings because they don't have a primary wing stopper. The Jason Tatum's of the world have eaten this team alive, so I I they haven't addressed that. Six one, six three, six four in the backcourt through the front through into the front court with dorm. Not great. So how they're operating on a string, how they want to kind of handle that, I, I don't think they really addressed it all that well. So I think those are going to be the teams that are going to give this team problems individually. But I think the bigger issue is going to be how they contain the pick and roll. I believe in Nurk. I believe Nurk can be impactful. I, how, how impactful and, and staying out of foul trouble and, and having the proper shape concerned me. But I don't trust the guards. I don't trust them at all. So I think the pick and roll is still going to be. I mean, it's the bread and butter of the NBA, and they haven't really addressed that at all. So I think that's going to be the teams that, that give important problems night in and night out. All right, this is from Harry. Do you guys think earlier parts of training camp give any indication that Billups could take this team to the next level? I don't. And that's not a anti-Chauncey thing. It's that I don't buy any of this stuff coming out of training camp ever. Uh, everything is good. This is very much everything is awesome. Yeah, there you go. He got me to sing. Um god, I hate myself for that. <laughs> but it's all hype, man. It's everything is good. This is the honeymoon stage. And this is the trip to Puerto Vallarta, Italy, Hawaii, wherever it is you go. It is good living. It is unlimited alcohol at the bar, free meals, living life. That's what this is. Let's see what happens when they get hit with some adversity. If it, that's that's my thing. I like I genuinely believe Chauncey can be impactful. How impactful? Eh. They did get better, we talked about earlier. The Larry Nance Jr. thing was like for me, I was like, yeah, no, that one that covers up some issues. Like the playmaking thing, the defensive versatility. That was those are the two things that I've been kind of leaning on outside of the 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 wing ability on this team for years. I think he does a good job in that. Now, how impactful he can be with the minutes that he's going to get, I don't know. Is he is he good enough? Like he's Draymond Light in that regard. Do they is Draymond Light good enough? I don't know. But it could help giving non-dame CJ guys a new voice. Even if it goes back to being Damon CJ because that's what works, I think that there's you're getting a little bit more buy-in from guys in the sense of, like, they genuinely believe they have a shot. Whereas with Stotts, any of the young guys coming in now knew that. They had to work, that it was going to take two, three years, because there's a record of nine years of saying, yeah, no, young guys don't get their opportunity. To be fair, more often than not, young guys don't get opportunity in the NBA outside of Rebuilding teams and the Trailblazers have been in the playoffs for eight straight years. So, finding that balance like we've, we've perfect example of this coming out of camp so far. It's CJ's going to return to form where he was averaging 26, 27 a game. Nurk's going to get the ball more and be more involved. Ant's going to get the ball more and be more involved. Nas is going to get the ball more and be more involved. Covington wants to get more involved. Norman Powell wants to get more involved. Who exactly is not getting more involved and who is giving all of this up? Is Damian Lillard only taking like nine shots a night now? No. So there's, there's got to be some pullback because we've seen like Nas is going to be one of the first guys off the bench. Larry Nance Jr. is going to be one of the first guys off the bench. And Anthony Simons is going to be one of the first guys off the bench. And Cody Zeller is going to be one of the first guys off the bench. There to only be one or two first guys off the bench. <laughs> so... The training camp stuff, while it's very normal, and it's not like I'm I'm poo-pooing quick or hold on or anybody else who's had anything coming out of training camp. I'm sure Nas is, like I've heard from multiple people that Nas has done really, looked really well. I've heard that Anthony has looked like he's getting more responsibility. Those are things that we'll watch here in preseason in the first two weeks of the season, see how much they are willing to stick to it. If they start out well and those guys are doing well, you should see those roles grow or at least stay there. If they don't, both individually on the team level, I don't think you're going to see a commitment to that, and I think you're going to see some reversion to, hey, Dame, Nurk, run that pick-and-roll that It's one of the most effective offenses in the NBA for the past couple of years. Can you do that for me? Thanks. So how they're able to, to, to walk that and talk that back and forth is going to be really interesting. That's, that's one of the biggest storylines I'm watching, is how much is going to match up with what they have said that they want to do. Because it's very easy to say those things. It's much harder to stay committed to those things. Perfect example is last season, they brought in Jim Boylan, and they ran an aggressive defense for the first, like, eh, 10 games of the season, and it was awful. They're like, nah, this isn't going to work. Guys aren't in shape. Guys aren't ready. Uh, We need to put this in the bag now, otherwise we're going to lose every damn game. So, as much as Nurk says he wants to play at the level, okay, let's see how you do 10, 12 games in. Are you in shape? Are you out of foul trouble? But flip side is, if they come out there and they look like gangbusters, shoot, Chauncey's got it. He's got him on. He's got him on a string. Definitely, I don't see it coming. But that's just again, I I don't, I don't believe in coaching being that impactful. Do I believe that it, the additions of, of Zeller, Nance? Snell to an extent is is a better group of additions, yeah. I don't I just don't know how impactful it's gonna be. That's that's the big thing for me as I look at all this and I go, hmm, which one is it gonna be? Mm, I don't know. We're gonna end this one on a fun one. Helvey at Hell to the Have. What is your guys' all time favorite meal on the concourse? I know you have opinions on this. So Sprague would normally be here for this and that he's not, um, we'll give him hell tomorrow. And, uh, you if you remind me, I will ask him on the pregame show tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a good plan for us to plug Abby's. Best pizza you can find. Remember, use the code Ramsey's to get no discount at all, but to let them know you're thinking about us. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I have a couple favorites, but a personal one that I always loved was when they first brought in Bunk. Is that like seven, eight years ago? The bunk cart. I am a sucker for a Cubano and bunk has the best Cubano. Shout out bunk. Listen, I will give you your free advertising bunk. Just toss me a Cubano every now and then. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I am a, I am a sucker for a Cubano and bunk is bunk is the one for me. Uh, there's, there's other places that have come come and gone and they got the barbecue spot in there this year. So I'll have to check that out. Uh, I didn't make it out to FanFest because the leg was bothering me, so I don't know if there's anything else that's new in the arena. But I will be there opening night. I might go to a preseason game. Depends, again, how the leg's going to feel. But I'm going to take bunk. Um, if you're watching the show, if you're in the comments or whatever, l- let me know. Let us know what your favorite favorite Concourse restaurant is. That's always a fun one. Um, <laughs> kind of lighten the mood over the whole streaming issue. Uh Listen, and on that note, uh, I will try to give you guys some information on that if, if I get it, if, when I get it. Uh, I just haven't heard anything. So uh, obviously the latest is that Dish dropped both Root and AT&T. So uh, less households can currently view Blazers games, and I don't have anything else beyond that. So sorry. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Like I said, it's going to be a short one today. Uh, thank you for all of the questions. Thank you, everybody, getting them in. Uh, remember, you can submit questions on Twitter at Danny Morang, at Jack Ramseys. You can send them to Sprague. I don't know if he'll see it. <laughs> That's not fair. He'll see it. Remembering him to get it to me. Eh. Also, you can email us jacksramseys at gmail.com. And if you've made it this far, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Again, it's I hate saying it. I'm really bad about saying it. But... Please do. This is this is one of those things where um, this is the business side of it, and we need your support to continue growing the show. Share it with a friend. Uh, put it on your social media. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, IG, whatever. Uh, we appreciate the love, all of the feedback. Thank you all so 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 very much. Remember, we will catch the show. Uh, we will have the show. Excuse me, pregame show tomorrow. That's Monday at 5 p.m. We'll be live on YouTube.com. Uh, Hosted on Blazers Edge as always. Available on Twitch TV, twitch.tv backslash Danny Morang. You can find me on social media at Danny Morang across all platforms except for Instagram because the squatter is still there. Heaven forbid, at (laughs) DMERANG. But until next time, guys, thank you all so, 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 so very much. We'll catch you later. Bye.